Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning, good afternoon. Sorry, I was having issues logging into the system today. Welcome to Optimize My Life, presented by the Hope Collection, Nutrition Matters with Beth. How are you doing today, Beth? Sorry about running late. That's fine. Hi, Mary. It it has been a good morning here, so I'm excited to get started talking about breakfast. (sighs) There's a bunch of posts on social media about breakfast today. Oh, how timely. People looking for... Um, Yeah. What did you see? Um, One was looking for new ideas out-of-the-box ideas for breakfast, and then I had seen a bunch of comments about, you know, how breakfast isn't an important meal of the day, and then um, another one was making sure that you have enough protein in your breakfast. And then the old Um, breakfast is a conspiracy theory designed by this cereal company. I remember you saying that when we were talking about this uh, this topic, and I that is actually the first time I had ever heard that breakfast was a conspiracy by cereal companies. That was definitely a first for me. Um, I wonder how that started. Um, that's a good question. Just, it just reminds me of the flat earth theory. Um, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that, like, breakfast being the quote-unquote most important meal of the day has been, that theory has been used by, you know, breakfast food companies and cereal companies to promote products, but I don't, I don't, it is not my understanding that breakfast has been made by a cereal company. This is not like a Hallmark um, holiday kind of situation. <laughs> Interesting. It um, is. It, we all, here's the cool part, is that actually Kellogg helped lobby to make breakfast an important part of the day because a lot of kids didn't eat it and they were falling asleep in school. 
is this, I don't know, I would absolutely need to look more into this, but maybe this is saying that the slogan breakfast is the most important meal of the day was invented by Kellogg. But now that I'm saying that out loud, I 100% would need to fact check that before I like run full steam with it. Um, but just because the, it came the up with a slogan doesn't mean. Right. But ironically as it was, Kellogg was actually a dietitian and a doctor. He wasn't just and they were, a... Yeah. Um, so he was, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, now I'm fact-checking myself before I say it out loud. Yeah. So he was part of the... Um, Seventh-day Adventist, which is a um, religious group that is very focused on um, nutrition and lifestyle and what you're putting into your body. Um, so it does make sense that he, um, and he was also a doctor, but it does make sense that he was very interested in food and what people were putting into their body especially, yeah, being part of that seven-day Adventist group. Typically, that group is also um, vegetarian as well. They don't, they'll sometimes still eat, like, eggs and drink milk, but not eat other animals, so not eating meat. I'm sure every group is different. I'm sure that there are some that go all the way vegan, but typically that's what's seen with that group. So he he's the one, obviously, that came up with the uh, cornflakes, which, if I also, if I remember correctly, was an accident. Mm-hmm. He was looking for like a like a a breakfast something, right, for um, for feeding people, and um, like left it out overnight by accident, and it dried into these flakes and believe that it's like the birth of cornflakes. Somebody please tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> no, you are exact I'm looking at the page right now. Yeah. That's exactly what it it was he was looking for a way to help with um weight gain in soldiers. So oh, weight yeah. gain during the depression. Because really, um, everybody was was so underweight. So a lot of our, um, a lot of our, like, um, nationalized food endeavors, I guess, if you will, so things like school lunch, are actually made to help people gain weight because being underweight was such a big problem um, during the Depression and then going into uh, World War II. And I think I've said this before on here that like the National School Lunch Program was made to get specifically men up to weight so that they could be drafted mm-hmm. during the war. So it uh, serves its purpose. <laughs> but it's always good. I think it's always good to know the background on these things and where it comes from because it gives a lens to like it is completing what it's supposed to do. It's it's there to put 
put weight on them and if we need to readjust um, the goal of the program, then that could certainly be done. But in, you know, in theory, it is accomplishing its goal. Same thing with the breakfast program, right? Is that, like you were saying, it helps keep kids awake, which it absolutely does. You know, it started out where it was a concept that it was a necessity for laborers, farmers. They ate. And then as we progressed, it was, you know, the fancy breakfast were for the luxury. Ah, yeah. And then the American judge was it make it all mess up. (laughs) It's so um, breakfast, right, when I talk to clients about starting to eat breakfast, if it's not something they're currently doing, there tends to be this big misconception that it needs to be like something that they cook every morning and that they sit down and eat. And while that might be the ideal, it's definitely not always realistic. Um, And one of my big philosophies is focusing on the habit change first and then focusing on the, um, on changing like the actual food. So sometimes it's just building that habit of eating something in the morning, right? And so it might start off as like a yogurt or like a hard-boiled egg, uh, but it's, it's enough to start establishing that habit, and then we can work on building it out. But it can be things that are very, very simple um, just to get the habit started. Not saying that you'll ever even get to a point where you're, like, cooking yourself a full breakfast every morning. And so breaking that notion is usually one of the first things that I have to work on, right? You're not always going to sit down like, scrambled eggs and toast and home fries and bacon or anything, nor would I necessarily want to. What about those breakfast shakes? I... Like Carnation has some good ones. It's it's better than nothing, right? And so, like, if it's if it's a shake or nothing, then a, a shake is going to be your better choice. But I like to go for actual food and something where you're like chewing more or less, which you're not going to get from a shake. So right. it's um, it's not the same. The, the breakfast shakes aren't the same. But again, if it's shake or nothing, the shake is still better, right? Um, and typically I wouldn't even suggest like something like carnation or really anything that's marketed as like a breakfast shake you'd really want to be going for something more along the lines of a protein shake that's marketed more of like an after-workout recovery. Um, Because what something's marketed for and what you can use it for are different. (laughs) Right. I know, like with the kids, I getting them to eat an actual anything is huge. But, like, my daughter got into those carnation protein shakes. Oh, you want a drink? Okay, thank you for telling me. 
Um, and like she'll have like that with toast or pop tart or granola bar, something to go with it. But it's not just a shake. But it's it, to me, it's equivalent to her drinking milk because she doesn't like to drink milk without something in it. It's, I mean, it's definitely more than milk, right? Like, it's it's a little bit more in terms of, like, nutritional value than milk. So if you're worried about, say, like, calcium intake, that can certainly help. Um, and it's fortified with – it's usually fortified with vitamins as well. I'm looking up to see what it's fortified with. It just tells me 21 vitamins. That's not helpful. Um yeah, so so it's helpful that way, but it, it does have a lot of. This can't be right. I need the actual label, because this 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 doesn't have. Let me see, right? Because that's one of the things is that we've started to equate breakfast with really high sugar foods. Um, think like. Pop-Tarts, breakfast cereal, um, and that's not a great way to start the day. The high-sugar, um, super-refined foods are not the best way. Um, of note, cereal at school is not the same as the cereal that you're buying in the store. So it has to be there are a lot of different rules when it comes to grain products in school, and it has to be a certain amount whole grain, um, and the sugar content has to be, like, at a certain point. So the cereals made for school food service are slightly different than the version you buy in the store, uh, which is interesting. So those are a little different. I just I want to see now because I don't think that this first place that I looked at the Carnation Instant Breakfast is right. Which one is she drinking? Sorry, I was muted. Um, I will pull it up oh, and good. send you a copy of the label. Oh, because let's see, this is just the Carnation Breakfast Essential, and. Give me a label. There we go. Um, this has 11 grams of added sugar, which is, uh, for perspective, the general rule of thumb is to have 26 grams or less of added sugar in a day. So this is almost half of what you would want for an entire day in one bottle. So it could be part of the day and it's got 10 grams of protein which is pretty pretty good especially if you're using it for a child um it could be a good part of a day but you'd need to make sure that the rest of the day is low sugar um, because that is something that adds up really quickly for an adult like this is not enough um to just have this drink at like or like for breakfast <laughs> because there's not quite enough protein. So what I look for is at least 20 grams of protein in a meal. Obviously everybody's different, so that's like a super general rule of thumb. 
So this would only be half of what you would want, but almost all the carbs you'd probably want at a meal, like generally speaking, uh, which is why I tend to lean towards doing like a protein shake where it's like marketed for um, like after workout recovery or protein supplementation and then just pairing it with a piece of fruit uh, for the extra carbs. I was looking to see if that was the link. Um, yeah. And it she looks like it's got different the, flavors. Yeah, she does the Fruit Loops one. And it only has 15 grams of sugar in it. So, let's see. Is that total sugar? It's yep. added sugar. So that's more than half of what you want for the day. I know this says 30%, and I don't know what they're going on, because when you're looking at 26 grams of added sugar for the day, 15 is more than half of 26. So, yeah. Right. You would just need to make sure the rest of the day is very low sugar. Um, and this oh, probably yeah. it. doesn't keep her full for very long either. To just do this. No, and we don't just do that. That's just to get her going in the morning, get her something in her stomach. Yeah. Yeah. And then if the rest of the day is low sugar, then it kind of all balances out. Um, yeah. So she's my healthy eater. So it's, you know, for her, it's fruits and vegetables. Yeah. And then, so like what I was talking about for, for adults, what I usually say is like a protein shake and, um, and then you can get even up to like 30 grams in, in one shake, if that's the route that you were going to just start that habit of getting in something in the morning. And that would give you, like I said, like the 30 grams. And I'm trying to pull up how many grams of sugar are in this. One one gram of sugar. So there's a big difference. And you can certainly do things like once you've reached the point where, okay, putting in something is is a habit and that's really routine, and you can start moving towards, like, more solid items. Um, so maybe you can like make hard boiled eggs ahead of time and keep them in the fridge and grab like two of those with some fruit or toast, right. And kind of start rounding it out into a fuller meal because to tell somebody who hasn't eaten breakfast in years to suddenly like have an egg sandwich every morning, it's just not going to happen. Um, they're going to get like two bites in and just not want anymore. But this really cool thing happens as you start to eat breakfast um, is that you start to actually get hungry, right? So you'll eventually give it a couple of weeks of this pattern. And eventually when you wake up, you're hungry and you're looking for something uh, and one of the big complaints I get from people who are finally eating breakfast again is they're like, well, now I'm hungry the rest of the day. I'm like, that's, that's good. Like your body's getting into that pattern of knowing that more food is coming. So you end up 
burning more throughout the day just by existing. Uh, it starts, your body starts to get a little bit wasteful. So, yeah, you're going to get hungry and you're going to end up eating more. And that's exactly what I'm looking for, which always feels and sounds very backwards. Um, but it works because ultimately, like, my goal is to see people be healthy um, and establish healthy patterns. And then, like, it's, you, it's so much weight management now. Like, that weight management becomes, like, the side effect of building the healthy pattern, which includes breakfast. but it's, we usually don't leave ourselves enough time, I feel like. That's the issue. Yeah. Leaving ourselves enough time becomes part of the problem, and that's why, like, the shakes work so well for some people. Um, or you can, you can make um, egg, I call them egg muffins, but it's, it's, basically scrambled eggs in a muff baked in a muffin tin um, so that you have individualized things that you can either keep in the fridge or the freezer and just pull out and reheat when you need something and you know that one of them is the equivalent of eating an egg and you can like put in chopped up vegetables you sometimes what I'll do is take like a slice of turkey bacon and like line the muffin tin with a slice of turkey bacon and then put in the egg mixture um, for a little bit different flavor. But those also make, you've got to prep it, but as long as you take the time to prep a bunch of it, you can put it into, like put it in the freezer and just pull it out and reheat it. Um, still, again, because we're not, we don't give ourselves time to like, prepare and eat a breakfast. So it's something that works well for on the go. Um, you know, one thing actually, that I think gets a bad rap that we don't use anymore is crock pots. I do, but, you know, um, you a friend fine. of mine's mom used to make a really good egg bake the night before and put it on low in our crock pot. So when the kids got up for school, they just go grab a, a dish and with some toast and, Breakfast is ready. That's I never thought about using my crock pot overnight, but it's the same thing. Right? We're all about using the um like either like Instapots or the air fryer, something that makes it faster. But the crock pot is more of a long like a long game, right? Like it takes a long time but you yeah. can set it and just leave it. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, look at that. There's all kinds of, like, breakfast casseroles that you can do. And I'm sure you could just manipulate the recipes to be um, whatever the individual person needs. The recipe can get manipulated to meet their particular needs. But, yeah, low effort, meal prepping, Um the crock pot makes things so easy and we're getting into right September now. So we're getting into that colder weather where I know I'm breaking out my crock pot to use for different things like making chilies and stuff. 
Yeah. You know, you can put potatoes in there, you know, slice them up, or, you know, even buy, you know, pre-strutted hash browns, add with a little bit of egg and cheese, and there you go. Yeah. Roast it overnight, and, usually, and it's good to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at the recipes. You could definitely alter it and use either, like, a turkey bacon or a ham, right? Because you're looking at... So in these recipes, my main concern is that we end up with like a high-fat product, right, at the end of it, depending on what you put in. That breakfast tends to run one of two ways. Either it ends up super high sugar, high carb, or it ends up super high fat. Um, so with when we go towards that savory breakfast, making sure that we get in some fat but not too much, your fats that you're looking at are the egg yolk, the cheese, and then if you're using like a breakfast meat, like um, real bacon or sausage, those are going to be your main fat sources. And so typically you want to have the equivalent of like one or two fat servings, depending on your particular needs, like one or two fat servings per Meal. So that might mean that you do the egg yolks and cheese, but then opt for like either a turkey bacon or ham. Um, or it means that you do egg white with cheese and real bacon or real sausage. Or you can do like a little bit of a combination, which is what I typically do. I'll do like half and half. So I'll do half full eggs, half egg white and then just cut the cheese amount in half. So I'm, I kind of doctor it a little bit so that I'm still getting the egg yolk flavor. I'm still getting the cheese flavor. And then I tend to lean towards turkey bacon anyway, just to help increase that, uh, my protein intake in the morning. Um, but it's, yeah, I play around with like the fat source so that I'm still only getting what I need, not going over, but still getting all the flavors that I want. So there's all kinds of ways to, like, alter recipes and stuff to make sure you're getting what you need. And especially these where it's got, like, some of the recipes, like you were saying, where it's got the shredded potato in it, um, right? You're even getting your carbs right in there. So you're getting everything you need in one piece of this breakfast casserole. Uh, the cool part now is I that uh, where our crock pots, you know, have different sizes. So like a single person can make something in a yeah, small little small tiny ones. crock pot. And, yeah. And what I found too is, especially with things that are egg-based like this, they freeze and reheat really, really well. So if somebody's cooking for one and you only have a big crock pot, you can make the whole recipe, but then cut it up and freeze it. Keep what you're going to use for the week in the fridge, put the rest of it in the freezer. You know, maybe you use it the next week. Maybe you take a week off from it, do something different and use it the following week. Um, but you can essentially be prepping for more than one week at a time. And that's 
that's perfectly fine. But yeah, um, I also I also have a big freezer in my basement, so it makes it really easy to keep extra stuff. But I know it does take up room in like a traditional freezer that maybe not everybody has. You know, but so many people, you know, they're prepping their crop pots at night or their um, coffee pots at night for the next morning, you know, filling them up, getting them ready to go. Have your little crock pot right next to your coffee maker, put it together at the same time. Yeah, it just makes it that much easier, um, yeah, to actually get it done. And I've seen, I've seen cereal versions. What is the brand? Magic Spoon? Where it's, yeah, it's like a high-protein, sugar-free cereal. But then you're getting into, and I mean, you could arguably say the shakes are like this, too. It's a, it's a food product rather than food, if that makes sense. Like, it's you're combining things together to get the nutrients you need, but it's not really like a food item. So it kind of goes into that category, in my mind, of, like, the protein shakes, too. So it kind of it depends on how the individual feels about that, right? Like, does that bother you? If not, then cool. This might be a great choice for you. Or if that does bother you and you'd rather have something, like, on a more whole food-type diet, that's definitely not going to work. And when you want something sweet in the morning, you're better off going for, like, a bowl of oatmeal um, and putting some like cinnamon and raisins in it, which for people that are used to highly sweetened cereal, that's going to sound horrible, but it's giving you a little bit of natural sweetness from the raisins, especially if you let it sit for a little bit um, and let the raisins like re-plump. Some of that sweetness will like leak out a little. And then the cinnamon too, it's a, um, it's a flavor that we associate with sweetness, so it kind of gives you that same feeling. My favorite are people who buy, like, Wheaties or grape nuts or eat oatmeal because they're no sugar or very low sugar, but then they turn around and dump teaspoons of sugar on the cereal. Well, yeah, that's counterproductive. <laughs> it's because they don't like the taste yeah. of the food. You've got to get used to it. It's right. If you're used to having a very sweet product, no, it's not going to taste the same. It's going to be different, and you might not necessarily like it. Um, but your taste buds do adjust. So it's that you have to keep doing it. If you do it once and give up, it's not going to, like, set in and it's not going to work. Um, it's that continual trying of the new pattern that'll get you to a place of success, right? And so tying it back to like changing to having breakfast be part of your eating pattern, you might still miss days, right? And fall back onto what you used to do of just skipping. But eventually you'll get to a point where your body essentially craves breakfast, right, where you're getting hungry, um, like I was talking about. 
So it, um, I think it is an important piece. And if there are people that are, like, diehard fans of intermittent fasting that will tell you that it's horrible. But intermittent fasting is absolutely not for everybody. For the vast majority of people, you should be eating within an hour of getting up in the morning, so breakfast, and then about every three to four hours throughout the day. Um, so that that comes out to usually three meals and a snack. And that's, again, super general. And there are people, like I said, that swear by the intermittent fasting. And every physical body, right, every body is different. So every body is going to react a little bit differently. Um, but typically, intermittent fasting is not the way to go, and you do want to keep breakfast in there. It's going to help you feel more awake, um, and it's going to give you fuel to use until you get to lunch. You know, you talked a little bit at the beginning about, you know, the brain fog. Let's talk a little bit about those symptoms for people to understand if, you know, that intermittent fasting works oh, for them. Oh, yeah. So, you know, because um, I know for me, I've tried it, so what, and if I don't eat, I get migraines. I get headaches, and I won't, nothing will get rid of it until I actually physically eat food. Yeah. Mine is I get really nauseous, and it's not so much that, like, I intended to try intermittent fasting. It's, like, I woke – it'll be, like, a day where I woke up late, and I'm immediately focusing on making sure the kids are up and out the door and don't have that time I normally have in the morning that I eat breakfast. So – and then suddenly I'm, like, at the gym working out and think I'm going to throw up, and it's because I didn't eat um, you forget to eat because you get so wrapped so, up in your world. Yep. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's like every there's, there's mom experiences that one. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. It's, he didn't mean to forget. It just kind of happened. And so what I do, what I do is just like I do for the kids, I pack snacks for myself to take with me. Um, so what I did is I, right when I finished my workout, I went and ate one of my snacks. Like I had a protein bar that I ate. So, but, okay, so what are, like, the different feelings that can come with that, like, um, like that, oh, I've skipped breakfast and I'm hungry. There's all different hunger cues, right? Your body is always trying to talk to you and tell you what it needs. It's just a matter of us listening, like either learning how to listen or comprehending and using what we're hearing our body telling us. So you hunger, what I have seen is like, like I was saying, for me, I get nauseous. What you were saying for you, Mary, you get um, a migraine. There are some people that get really, really tired um, when they're hungry. Um, so it might be that you think that you need a cup of coffee, uh, but what you actually need is some food. 
there are people that get, like, really shaky. I mean, that can border on, like, a blood sugar concern, but there are people that get, like, super shaky uh, with it as well or, like, really irritable, right? Think of, like, the Snickers commercials <laughs> um, or, like, getting hangry, right? That's very, very real. It's that irritability that comes with being hungry. And so if you just eat something, don't have a Snickers for breakfast, but like by having something, you will, you'll feel better, right? That you'll have a mood shift, your mood will improve, um, the headache will go away, the brain fog will go away, the nausea will go away, and it's, and if you can pick something that is nourishing for your body as well, um, then you're also helping to fuel yourself well Um, because I guess probably any food would work to get rid of the hunger cues the hunger symptoms but if it's a really high sugar food then you're also going to be dealing with the fact that you're probably going to have a sugar crash in a little bit and you're going to be hungry again really quickly because it you know digests so quickly that you're going to turn back on those signals that you're hungry again because your stomach's empty and things have moved through. So that's where, like, what you choose really matters, that it's something that's got not just carbs but some fiber in it, right? So when we talk about, like, complex carbohydrates, it's a carb, but it's got fiber with it, so it takes longer to digest and things like fat and protein, which help make it so that the food takes longer to digest. And so all of that helps to keep you full. So the more you can, like, pair all of it together, the better you're going to feel when you're eating, too. You brought up a good point when you're talking about like the Snickers and things like that is that we have so much marketing <laughs> and so much oh, yeah. information, especially with social media. And we get lazy. And I am very guilty of this one to where I will choose that candy bar just because it's right there and I don't have to make it as opposed to actually looking for something to eat. <laughs> get the quick fix, but just understanding, you know. That's why I keep protein bars around. Is it the best choice? Not not really, like, because it's not technically, like, a whole food item, but it's better than a Snickers, right? Like, so – sometimes it's that moderation of like what is the better choice not necessarily like the ideal best choice but it's at least better right and so it's putting you on that that right track um to taking care of yourself because sometimes you have to make that sacrifice of like okay what's not going to stress me out to make it like it's going to if it's going to stress me out to make food like that stress isn't good either. So it's um, sometimes it's like that 
the food environment that you build for yourself too, of what do you have all right around you to deal with those times where you need a grab and go snack or a grab and go breakfast um, to keep you moving in the right direction. So it might not be like ideal breakfast, but it's better, right? Like how we talked about the shakes. It's not ideal, but it's a hundred percent better than nothing. So it gets the job done. Else I was going to say about that. No, I don't remember. It's totally gone. Oh, I know. Um, I feel like we also get really stuck on breakfast foods for breakfast. If that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like cereal, eggs, um, waffles, toast, like that kind of stuff. When it doesn't actually matter like if you decide that you're going to have like steak and green beans for breakfast there's nothing wrong with that so there's I just I had I had a client once years and years ago that just could not stomach breakfast type food and ended up eating um, like beans and rice for breakfast and it was, like, the best thing they could have done for their blood sugar. They Their blood sugar made a huge improvement because they were eating beans and rice for breakfast. So it's it's not always – it doesn't always have to be tied to, like, what what we picture as traditional breakfast food. And we didn't even touch on, like – the whole world of waffles and pancakes, I feel like. We really stuck with, like, cereal, eggs, yogurt-type foods, bars and shakes. And, like, for me, a lot of times I'll just do leftovers, whatever's in the fridge. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that, to have, like, leftover dinner, right? What we consider traditional dinner foods, there's nothing wrong with eating that for breakfast. Um, it's really what I'll you particularly find. A, what? Make I'll deliberately make extra just so that I have it for breakfast. Because otherwise, yeah, I why not? Tend to not eat. Yeah, if it's going to mean that you eat, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's perfectly fine. Or um, like if I remember working with somebody who works like night shift. They're not – what we think of as traditional breakfast time is sometimes their dinner. So they're having traditional dinner foods at the traditional breakfast time. That's fine. It's just, just not what we usually see, but that's okay. You're still getting the job done with something that's going to nourish you well. So sometimes it's like releasing our our own – beliefs about what should happen and going with what what works for you personally. You know, I, I was looking up like traditional breakfast of the world. For the most part, the bacon, eggs, pancakes thing is an American thing. Oh, yeah, that's very American. 
Um, and they're and like the Asians like, put eggs on everything. Yeah, and I think I think it's England that they do um, like baked beans at breakfast. Mm-hmm. So not what we would traditionally think of, but actually now that sounds really delicious. Um, like baked beans and toast, something like that. And a sausage. Yeah. I'll touch and go on how I feel about sausage. We didn't really touch on that either. It's like sausage and traditional bacon tend to be very high fat. And so when I'm building a meal plan, if somebody really still needs to have those in there, they get counted as a fat source. They don't get counted as a protein source. Yes, there's still some protein, but that's not primarily what you're getting out of it. And so but if it's going to be used for like them as overseas, like a, a protein source. They don't eat American or what we consider breakfast sausage. They have regular sausage that they eat all raw meals like we have. That's their breakfast sausage. It's a little different. So it doesn't have it's as much. super high fat. Don't get it. Oh, it is. Yeah. It actually looks really good. But like you. <laughs> I know now. It's like I mean, it's... spend this hour talking about all this. And then I'm like, I just want to go downstairs into my kitchen and cook. Um, but I have, I actually have a client right at one o'clock today, which was not a good idea on my part, but it's where we are. Um, so yeah, so I, I wanted to touch a little bit on like waffles and pancakes too. Um, and it's not that they're inherently bad. It's that that would be the carb source of your breakfast. So it needs to be with something else. And so this always reminds me of like, like cereal commercials and stuff that would say like part of a complete breakfast. And then you get this picture that pops up on the screen with like a glass of orange juice, the bowl of cereal, like something else. And so it's giving you like this whole breakfast spread. Um, And that's where like waffles and pancakes there's, like I said, there's nothing wrong. It's just that that becomes your carb source for the meal, and you'll need to find a different protein source. Um, and then, if you can, make sure that there's like some fiber content in your protein or in your waffle or your pancake would be like ideal. Um, so it can be part of your breakfast, but making it your whole breakfast is not great. I know Bear Creek makes no, a really breakfast. good um, pancake mix and waffle mix. Who does? With uh, Bear Creek. More of oh, a okay. whole grain with added protein in it. Yeah, uh, Kodiak is another brand that does that. Um, and actually, Aldi's has their store brand that is very, very similar to the Kodiak mix where it's higher protein, higher fiber. And then if you make it with milk and an egg, you add in a little bit more protein too. So um, it's not 
It's not a fluffy buttermilk pancake, but it is close enough. <laughs> And there are, I've seen recipes, um, I haven't looked at, like, the nutritional comparison, but there are recipes for, like, um, either pancakes or a waffle using ricotta cheese. And if you use a low-fat or fat-free ricotta cheese, you can, like, create this um, higher-protein waffle or pancake and it'll actually have, like, a nice, moist, rich texture to it because of the ricotta cheese. Now I want to find, like, a decent recipe for that. Because hmm. um, the, the mouthfeel, like, eating is a full experience, right? Like, yes, we eat to fuel ourselves, but we also eat for enjoyment. Um so the mouthfeel of something does become important and the, the texture. So ricotta cheese pancakes have a really nice texture. But I want to – I'm going to look at – now I've got a mission. I'm going to find out what the nutrition facts are and make a decent recipe. making myself a note so that I can remember that. Are you going to share it on? We will come up with a I good one. I will put it into our, our group chat the, for this show. I'll make sure to put the recipe in there. And that's something I wanted to make sure that we put at the end of this show, and I'm going to try to remember to do it at the end of all of them, is just to invite anybody that's listening now or listening in the repeat to, um, you know, put any questions or thoughts or feedback or anything into that, um, that show chat on Facebook so that I can see it. I'm always open to hearing new ideas and new stuff. I'm, I love questions. Um, so that, like, I will gladly make up ideas and talk to myself for an hour every week. But if it's stuff that people actually want to hear, like, that's even better. <laughs> um, so please use that, use that um, show chat, and I will put the ricotta cheese pancake recipe in there after I play around with it a little bit. Uh, probably tomorrow, maybe Friday I'll play around with it. And I'll get it in there. And then uh, anybody that's listening that's interested can also follow me directly. I'm not – I do have a Facebook, but I'm not as active on it as I am on Instagram. Um, Instagram, my handle is my name, Beth Wyman, underscore RD, as in registered dietitian. And I, there's definitely a lot that goes up there. Where they can follow me. All right. Give me um, two yeah. seconds. I am, sure. as we're speaking, I'm adding it to the to the um, chat. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm going to try to get better about cross-posting, too. So my Instagram cross-posts to the business account uh, on Facebook, and then I – I'm going to try to get better about post reposting my business stuff to my personal page. Cause I know that my personal page is what's linked to um, 
the podcast page. So that way people can see any information I'm putting out there as well. All right. So in the description of our show, and I'm sorry in my chat, in my talk, on my thing, is the direct link to the Facebook chat. Yay, perfect. So you can put all your questions in there. And also is to Beth's Instagram page. And I did that wrong, so hang on. I'm trying to look at it. I'm not... I did it wrong, so it didn't come up as a link, so I'm fixing it right now, so it's not going to pop up at this very moment. There we go. Okay. There you go. Awesome. What the... That didn't work right. And for some reason, both links all of a sudden go to your Instagram page. I I know. Sometimes it just takes a minute. But that's, yeah, I invite everybody to follow along during the week, um, as well as during our chats on Wednesdays. And what I'm thinking is since we did breakfast today, I think it would make a really cool series to do breakfast, lunch, dinner, sex. Awesome. Yes, because there's so much uh, that I can talk about for each one. Lunch and dinner, I think I might put together. I don't know. We'll see. Probably not. Um, Because lunch has its own, like, lunch and dinner have different social components to them, right? Um, And there's such a social component to our eating habits that I find absolutely fascinating. So we will, I'm going to indulge myself and make them two separate things. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, both links work. Excellent. I'm going to do that with every show. Good idea. Thank you. There you go. Hey, no problem. Um, all right. If we don't have any... We're almost at time. Mm-hmm. Diane, any quick questions or comments or ideas or anything? Nope. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Her call just dropped. She's been having some issues with the phone. Uh, so, next week, all about lunch. You know, another topic would be a good one. Once we finish lunch and dinner, brunch. Brunch. Mm-hmm. I'm putting it down. I'm starting a running list of ideas. Lunch, dinner, and brunch. I will get these programs. And I want to do a snack one, too. Yeah. Snack. Brunch. Yeah. Yeah. So that gives us a solid 
a solid series to work on. Mm-hmm. And then when we're done with the series, um, we go on the holiday foods. It'll be absolutely holiday eating. Um, I'd love to do like a yeah, yeah. We can do whatever you want. All Rachel. right. I know. <laughs> All right. I am gonna jump off because I have a client at one o'clock. Thank you so much. <sighs> Thank you. Join us tomorrow at noon for family time. And then again tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern for Voices of Hope, our new show all about the awareness on trafficking, child abuse, child protection. Our topic tomorrow is parent alienation and how to help. Have a good day. Have a good night. And talk to you all tomorrow. Bye for now.